Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I, of course, cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions, because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everybody. Happy weekend. I'm joined this morning by uh, my father, not my husband today, but my father and business partner, Michael McNamara. Good morning. Also known as the old guy, the good fa- morning. <laughs> the, the Michael McNamara, <clears throat> the famous, the founder, et cetera, et cetera. Night. So this is fun. We haven't done a show together. I was going to say. It's, it's got to be two years. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of cool uh, doing the show uh, in in the Lowell area as well, but it's, yeah. it's also a pain in the neck because obviously everybody knows we can't broadcast at the same time. So yeah, so I know. Justin and I kind of man that up there because he's just getting started with it, and you and Kirk down here, but this is nice. I, I might do this some more. I haven't seen you for a while. Uh, I know, speaking, and you know? it's a shorter commute for you than Lowell. <laughs> it sure is. There's no question about that. So, may, maybe someday we get the shows at the same time and do a I simulcast know. and have all of our lives a little bit easier, and then have live calls from all over that would be kind of cool too. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is till it changes. Till it changes. Until it changes. All right, so I'm hosting, but I did not do the outline this morning. So this is this is fun. So it's not often that someone does all the preparation for me and literally hands me an outline. So how, this is how wonderful. unusual is that? I know uh, that was great. I didn't have to stress last night. I think we have the same genes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So all right. So here's the title, folks. Uh, and it's probably the longest title I ever came up with. But that's okay. <laughs> so the title is just you know because you gotta you gotta get people excited at the beginning of the show so they'll stick around. Although I'm pretty sure the people who listen to us will do it anyway. Financial stuff folks hate to talk about, or worry about, or don't think about. <laughs> I feel like I could shorten it to just financial stuff people <laughs> don't want to talk about. What, what well adding see the financial pains. But in see the, this yeah but the, you know they either know about it and hate it they know about it and ignore it or they don't know about it and yeah. so we i have 20 different things we could chat about today that would yeah. fit that category and as we were talking before the show uh, like anything there's some basic financial stuff everybody should be doing and for yeah. literally 31 years now we've been trying to present pretty much all the same concepts but we try to do it differently to, kind of, <laughs> to get people no, well, that's true it, <laughs> we just do the same show over and over and give it a different well, title well you have to because yeah. the basics <laughs> don't change I, I mean know. I, you know I mean I could say if yeah. everybody out there lived within their means and saved a few bucks for retirement we wouldn't need a show but yeah that, that's just not how it is so yeah we wouldn't so. need to, a profession either well that's yeah. not true well, investments complicated I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah we're being yeah. simplistic but so yeah 
So, yeah, folks, if you've heard us talk about these things before, well, there's a reason for it. Uh, but we try to come at it from different areas to keep you interested, I guess would be the best way to say that. Yeah. So, so, so that's the, you know, you either, so different areas of your financial life, you either know about them and hate them. Okay, uh, or you know about them and ignore them, pretend they don't exist, yeah. or you don't know about them. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of people listening to us that obviously fit in all those categories, depending on the piece of stuff we're talking about. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. uh, so, so that's the first thing I was thinking about. Now, the second thing is, every time we do one of these, it's we're going to start with what the problem is. Okay. You know, we're not going to talk about in you know portfolio analysis. We're not going to talk about health insurance. We're going to talk about the problem because mm -hmm. that's how people think. And then we can talk about some of the options in terms of what they have. So, okay. So don't let me get away from that. Whenever we get to a thing, you're going to say so. Look, okay. What's the problem? And then you know how does this all work? Okay. So so folks, I have uh, I, I sat down and I have twenty things we can bounce around for about the next seven hours probably, but we only have. <laughs> We'll keep it to two. Uh, yeah, I understand. Okay. Uh, and Alyssa hasn't seen any of these. And uh, the game we're going to play is she's going to pick one. I'm going to talk about it. And I would be extremely surprised if we got through all 20 here this Yeah, morning, there's but, no way. But that's okay. And then the other thing is, so folks, if you're, if you're out there listening, you know, you fit into one of those three categories on any subject. It's pretty easy yeah. sort of a thing. Uh, and uh, I'd I love, uh, you know, I haven't been here for a couple of years live in Marshfield. Yeah. So, so if I've got a few Marshfield callers that are regulars that have missed me, we'd, yeah. love, to, we'd love to have some callers. Well, well, just to say hello, yeah, but preferably on the subject, but whatever. Okay. 781-837-4900 is the call-in number. There you go. All right. So, okay. So you've had a chance to look at our 20 little uh, financial stuff. I looked at at least 10. Yeah. I didn't get to the second uh -huh. page yet. Well, but I guess we're going to talk about something on the first page. I, then, huh? yeah. One thing I have not personally chatted about on the radio in a very long time yeah. is disability insurance. Uh, you know, I was going to guess that. I, okay. I, I, we, I, once in a while, we do a dedicated insurance show yeah. largely surrounding life and long-term care. Yeah. Um, but dis and we touch on disability for sure, but yep. it's not often that that one comes up. Yep. So I'm going to start off with the problem. See that yep. you hopped right to the insurance thing. Okay. So yep. that's the theme of this show here. So, so folks, here, here's the deal. What would you, for you working folks, okay, uh, who go to work every day, like most of America, mm -hmm. you know, what would happen if for some reason or other, either you and or your spouse, if you're married, couldn't go to work for some period of time, okay? And the answer is that for a whole lot of folks, that's either mighty scary or potentially catastrophic in terms of somebody's financial circumstances. Yeah. So, so if you think about it, you know, um, what's the most valuable asset most people have? And it's their ability to earn money, given the circumstances. Yeah. Okay, and and let's face it, how many uh, you know? Th there's a whole bunch of Americans, unfortunately, who are just getting by or okay, but not terrific sort of a thing. And you know, if you have a boatload of money in the bank and and you can pay for your expenses for a year or two, that's an unusual person, by the way. Well, then maybe you don't have to worry about not going to work. But that's that's a pretty small percentage of people, as far as I'm concerned. So. So for a whole bunch of us, okay, in your working years, okay, if you can't go to work, that's a significant risk. And it depends on obviously how long and how much. Um, one of the things I like to say is that on, in the financial world, you play both sides of the ball. You play offense when it comes to investing your money and saving for future, and you play defense to protect the risks that are in your life. And all those things are financial stuff sort of a thing. So so, so the solution to the problem, well, there's, I think, two of them. Okay, uh, if you're going to be out of work for a short time, a month or a two or a three or a four. By the way, it might seem like forever, even if it's a month or two or three or four, but you know, the, the solution to that uh, is to have a chunk of money in the bank that we call emergency reserves or rainy days. Okay, uh, and you know, if you had six months worth of your expenses in the bank, uh, right now, tomorrow, I guess you could be unemployed for six months and still be okay because you drew down on your emergency reserves, okay? So, so the answer to a short 
term not go to work is to have a, a rainy day fund, uh, an, an emergency reserves fund, call, call it whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that, that kind of brings up another subject. People kind of wonder why they should have a, an emergency reserves fund. Well, if you've ever been unemployed for two or three or four months, or if you've ever had a financial emergency where you had to come up with ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars tomorrow afternoon, okay, now you know why you should have some emergency reserves. So, so the first piece I think on the problem of not going to work is that if you have enough money to cover the time for your expenses while you're unemployed, that would be like a, a really good thing. Co- comments or questions? I was just, think, yeah. I was just thinking that COVID-19 was a really good yeah. reminder it, 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 of oh, yeah. why yeah, people yeah. need an emergency reserves because yeah. all of a sudden, how many people yeah. couldn't go to work? Yeah. You know, it, businesses literally shutting down. Yeah. So I think it's nice to like a little jolt to, ev- that was a yeah. jolt to everyone yeah. for, you know, huh? a, a lot of different reasons and in many regards, but yeah. um, financially speaking, yeah. absolutely and a good reminder of why we need cash in the bank. Yeah, and by the way, hate it, ignore it, don't know about it. The disability pretty much fits in the don't know about it, don't think about it kind of category. Yeah. For, not that people hate it or yeah. not that people avoid it. People just don't think about it sort of a thing. I also think people, no one wants, to, you know, we're presenting the problem <laughs> as you can't work for a period of time, yeah. right? It doesn't mean you're disabled. It just means you can't. Well, Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just <laughs> yeah. like you can't, you, you're you not able to work for a period of time, it, it, medically speaking, uh, right? Y- because y- of. You have to care for a spouse at home. Pick, pick, you have to care for one of your parents for a couple months while disasters happen. Yeah. Or, wh- wh- whatever. whatever. I think yeah. people don't want to talk about this because nobody wants to think of themselves as being disabled. It's yeah. a similar yeah. conversation to yeah. long term care. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to imagine yeah. themselves in that situation. Yeah. It's not going to happen to you. It's one of those like yeah. you're in denial type conversations. Yeah. So when you get reminded about it because you weren't thinking about it, then, yeah. you're, then you're ignoring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> avoiding it. See, this all connects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fortunately, a lot of larger companies will provide long-term and, and sometimes short-term disability insurance at yep. a reasonable cost, yep. you know, partially employer-paid. So yep. fortunately, there's a lot of people that uh, have this coverage just as part of their employee benefits. Generally yep. speaking, that's for, you know, people yep. that were working for very large companies. Yeah. So so we, we, we covered the short thing. By the way, if you're uh, if you're self-employed uh, and don't ha- you know, maybe you ought to have a year's worth of emergency yeah. reserves because you're you know, if yeah. you're a couple if you're a, a couple of uh, if you're a married couple both who are tenured teachers well maybe you don't need as much but you still need some okay but anyway so so on the short term not to work emergency reserves is a solution mm-hmm. but when it gets to longer term then that gets pretty scary okay Mm -hmm. obviously the the worst long term is the rest of your life okay uh and or i guess the other definition is whenever you ran out of your emergency reserves it just became long term right you know from from an issue there right right And, and that's that problem probably can't be served by solved by emergency reserves it has to be solved by the insurance yeah okay uh there's a now uh see if you can get on a website i, I did policy Paul, Gina. i did i got right, on the website so, yep so so folks uh so if you're working let's see that might be one or two people <laughs> listening to us maybe more <laughs> okay uh and if every nickel of your income and or both incomes in the case of a couple if every nickel of that is needed to live your life a Take a number, and B, you got to think about this in terms of well, what what would happen if I couldn't, okay? And yet your employer may be able to help you out, okay? Uh, because they may sponsor that as one of your benefits at the place yeah. you work. Usually, usually larger yeah. employers, okay? Uh, and and sometimes they help you cover the cost of it uh, as well, which is which is a heck of a deal, okay? If it's not available at your employer. Well, by definition, it's probably going to be more expensive because you can pay for it for yourself. But e- either way, you got to think about it, okay, uh, and make a decision. All, all the, by the way, all the financial stuff that we talk about here, okay, uh, we, we just want you to get to think about it and make a decision about what you want to do about it. If you do nothing about it, then you're running that risk, and that's just how it is. So, so anyway, yeah. So, so the the short story is. Emergency reserves for shorter periods of not being able to go to work yep. and disability insurance for the longer one. Uh, and maybe we can get a, a, a call from somebody 
who, who we just made nervous, okay, uh, or, or whatever, and maybe we could do an example on the air yeah. uh, of what that would cost for somebody. Uh, there's a website called the Policy... Was uh, it was policygenius.com. Policy. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. I, I went through it last night a okay. couple of times just to pretend. And, yeah. and by the way, you don't have to give your social security and your life away, which is what <laughs> I usually, didn't even have to give my email yeah, address which yet. Is, yeah, which is usually yeah. what happens when you go to one of these sites because you'll get yeah. called by 12 insurance people tomorrow afternoon. But, but anyway, if there's somebody out there who's been thinking about it or just started thinking about it, we can kind of go through the uh, our, our quote here yeah. for some based on your age and your well. That's disability insurance is only for rich people. No, no. Hello, if if your income, every nickel of your income and or your spouse's is necessary to live, you at least have to think about this because it's a risk that you can run. That's yeah. It, so. And it's you know you were talking earlier about how your largest asset for many people your largest asset is your ability to earn income. Yep. You know, not necessarily your four hundred one k or your house. Yep. For younger people, this is a bigger risk. Yeah. So yeah. for people in their 30s yeah. and 40s, especially with you know kids and families, yeah. this is a huge risk yep. because your ability when you're 35, your ability to earn income over the next 20 to 30 years is an incredible asset yep. as compared to someone who's 65 and eyeing retirement soon where yep. their largest assets probably their 401k or the yep. equity in their home. So the younger people really, really need to think about this. And while you're on that subject, <laughs> Younger people are invulnerable. They're not old yet. They're not worried about yeah. it. Th- th- think about yeah. it. You know, you yeah. get you get hit by a car and you become, God forbid, a, a, you know, hand, a paraplegic or whatever. What, what, what are yeah. you going to do? Okay, sort of a thing. So, so if you don't do something about this. Okay, the, the financial consequences are pretty scary. What, what, what's that mean? Starting to crash your retirement plan, you know, to kind of survive. Well, at what point, if it's, if it's a disability forever, do you get to zero and, and you're financially screwed? I mean, basically sort of a thing. So, so it's an issue, and if anybody wants to call and chat about it, uh, please do. Uh, but if not, please think about it. Okay, please ask at work. Uh, and if you don't, you probably have uh, an insurance relationship with, uh, I don't know, most property and casualty agencies would probably also have a disability. I would think so, yeah. You would think so? The yeah, larger okay. ones, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and by the way, maybe there's a disability insurance uh, specialist listening to us chip, chip in here. But yeah. the, the bottom line is, you have to at least think about it, and we think it's a pretty important thing. So, yeah. so just to give rough cost estimates. Yeah, got, yeah, sure, I, sure. yeah I went okay. on to this. Again, we have no affiliation or we're not, I'm not 100% sure the accuracy of these numbers. Hey, because it's on the I, internet. Just it's going to be website. true. It's, it's going to be on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hope this is roughly accurate. But I just um, entered in a 45-year-old female okay. making $100,000. Yep. I actually don't know if it's male, female, if it's underwritten male, female. I don't know either. I, I, I if actually, they ask, it probably I know, is. That, yeah, I know life, obviously life insurance insurances and long-term care now is but i bet you it's cheaper for for females if if, if, if you want a side bet on uh, that or what oh interesting (laughs) they're not as brave or crazy as males okay Uh, (laughs) generic comment i'm sorry but yeah yeah, yeah. i'll I'll bet you so (laughs) so disability insurance is underwritten based on profession as well as age and and obviously income sure so i did um i i entered like finance so like a brain power type profession yeah as opposed to king crab in the Alaskan uh, right. ocean. Right. So yeah. like f- physical occupations, um, like in the trades, for example, yep. manual labor type occupations, yep. the, the disability insurance coverage would likely be more expensive yep. because there's more um, things that would prohibit um, someone from being able to perform their jobs if it's a very physical occupation, like construction, for example, because yep. they break a leg, they break an arm, they can't do it. Whereas if you're if you're in a brain power type occupation, you break your leg, you break your arm, you lose sight in one eye, you can still work. Yep. Um, so generally it's less expensive. Well, come on, you're, you're holding um, me in suspense in the here. What, what's the oh, number oh, over okay, here? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I did, the, this is a 45-year-old female making $100,000 a year, so yeah. they're showing coverage. They'll generally show coverage about 60% of that, so $5,000 a month okay. would be the offer, yeah. and they're showing range of premium in the 400 to $500 per month 
Yeah, range. that's five or six thousand dollars a year off yeah. your hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and that's you know you can go into specifics regarding how long it lasts, but that's like a good policy that would last yeah. basically until. Yeah, and and if that's that retirement. kind of a job, the company might cover some of it or all of it, depending on the circumstances, sort of a thing. But but yeah, yeah. So so. And of course, you can play around with the amount, yeah. lower the amount, yeah. lower the you know benefit period and stuff. But. And and now that people are aware of that and thinking about that, they're saying, well, gee, six thousand dollars is six percent of my hundred. That, that's a whole lot of money. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's it's expensive. Well, yeah, but compared to what if the worst happens? And, and that's the that's the knock with all insurance, right? You pay insurance premiums, and if nothing ever happens, you're mad about paying the insurance premiums. And when and when something happens, you thank God. I mean, that's just kind of the two extremes about this. But it, it is what it is. It's an issue people need to worry about, and just just you know something to think about. Yeah, I was just gonna. I just yeah. was putting in like a physical but, occupation yeah, try, try, like for, a for that. Try my brother Mark, a plumber. I did. Really I, cool. I I just I just did construction. That's the first cool. thing that came right. to mind. So it's still a 45 year old female but yeah. she's in construction yeah. um i don't know what i did but she still makes a hundred thousand dollars a year now yeah. it's 600 to 800 dollars a month yeah. so bump in a uh, bump up because it's yeah. a physical labor occupation yeah and the, the, that's more of a risk yeah. you're you're more at risk to not be able to work yeah. when you're in a physical labor occupation yep. and for the insurance company it's more of a risk because yeah. there's more things that would just for yucks yeah. Uh, make that sixty thousand dollars for a salary and see what the cost is you know, I, i'm going to guess for in this case, lower salaries, it's proportionally more expensive versus the salary. But let's see. Yeah, if, so it, construction yeah, again. Six, say 60000 as opposed to one hundred. $60,000. Yeah. I still have her as a female because I'd have to go back more it's screens okay. to yeah, change. Yeah, just curious to see how it moves. You know? Yeah, six, 45-year-old female in construction making $60,000 a year for 400 to 500 a month. All right, so a little bit less. No, that's, no. That's 10, that's 10%. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's a bit yeah. less money but more proportion, basically. Yeah, okay. less, less, yeah. Less, yeah. All right, all yeah. right. So, so, the, so the conclusions are that you know, you know, you might want to think about what happens if you can't go to work. That's a problem. Uh, and the solutions are to save a lot of money in an emergency reserve and leave it in the bank and just look at it and wonder why you have it there. Yeah. And hope for the rest of your life you're wondering why you have it there as opposed to using it. You know? And just one other thought on that. Sometimes, you know, if I'm talking to a married couple about this topic, if yeah. like, for example, it's a married couple and they're both, you know, employed making good money. Um, and if they don't have employer disability coverage, you know, maybe they decide that, well, that's a lot of money. And if one of us can't work, we still have the other one. Maybe they could work more, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's a, if it's a married couple, and only one spouse, at least for the time being, is working. So you're yep. relying on that one spouse's income. Yep. Even bigger risk and even more important for that one yep. spouse to carry disability because the whole family is relying on that spouse, yeah. at least at the current time. You know, the, the problem that everybody has, and it's, it, it, it doesn't matter what your income is or what you do for a living, there's never enough money at the end of the month to do all the things you're supposed to do and, you know, right, yeah. you know, save enough money for time. They're, they're, folks, for, for the vast majority of folks listening to us, there's never enough money to make all these decisions yeah. the best. So, but if you know about it, you can at least prioritize yeah. which ones you think are most, you know, most affect you in your lives and your family. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, that was one out of twenty. We just I know, took, we just we took just a half took a the show. Whole show the, almost the whole show. <laughs> a quarter of a show. Okay. No, that was great. All right. All right. Well, we have two minutes, so yeah. why don't we maybe um, yeah, I can, yeah, pick, stage pick one. for the next one? No, you want to read the uh, second page or what? No. Um, no, because there was another one that I wanted to chat about. I, I, I'm what? going with credit card. Okay, credit, credit card. Credit ooh, cards. Ooh, ooh, okay. Credit cards. Credit card debt. Okay. Revolving balances. Yeah. High interest rates, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So we could set the stage for the problem. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then maybe address the issue after the break. Okay. Uh, so the problem is, uh, I, according to Google, it must be correct, <laughs> uh, across the country, okay, the average per household, so I guess that implies you know, many cards, whatever, yeah. household average balance is $5,315. Okay. So by the way, if it's a balance, that means it's not In terms paid of off. a rolling balance, yeah, not a, like a I rolling balance. put it on and okay. then paid it off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for purposes of this show, and I know we're getting close, if you're in the Northeast, just add 50% to whatever numbers we're showing here. <laughs> okay. Because that's the average across the country. Right. right. Okay. In that average, there's a whole bunch of people who don't have 
okay, charge cards. And, and oh, by the way, in the Northeast, stuff up here costs a lot more than stuff in some other yeah. parts of the world sort of a thing. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, so it, I guess uh -oh. that's it. Huh? Uh-oh. Holy cow. All right. Um, okay. It doesn't mean that's time for a dance party. It means it's time for a break. <laughs> but I was enjoying that music. Um, all right. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by Mike McNamara this morning. We're chatting about financial stuff nobody wants to talk about, so we're going to talk about it. That's right. Uh, we're just taking a quick break. Don't turn the dial. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from this scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by Mike McNamara. It's been a long time since we hosted together. It's fun so far. Yeah. Um, thanks for doing all the prep. Okay. And I appreciate that, having the night off a little bit. Um, we're talking about financial stuff nobody else wants to talk about, uh, sort of things that you want to ignore in your life and pretend that the problems aren't there or maybe just not think about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so your official title was financial stuff folks hate to talk about or worry about or don't think about. A little bit, yeah. I understand. Little, yeah. Hey, it's the radio. We yeah. can do what we want in this show, right? Okay. Um, all right. So we, um, I, I do want to talk about credit cards and... So by the way, the problem is... Okay. Oh, are you going to fill that in or you want well, me to? Well, we, we, I want you to. What's the problem? Um, the problem is people rely on them more than they should in terms of carrying balances. Yeah. I, in other words... Um, not living in their means and spending uh -huh. money that they don't have. I'm not sure that everyone really makes that connection either. But say that again, just in case somebody didn't. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you are using credit cards and not paying off the full balance every month, which uh, of course is ideal. So in other words, that means you, you have a rolling balance on your card. In other words, debt that needs to be paid back. Um, that translates to you haven't lived within your means for whatever period of time you're you're relying on that. And for whatever reasons. And for whatever reasons, the yeah. The conclusion it, it, is the same. Right, know? right. Yeah. It could it could be for, you know, dis disastrous reasons. Yep. You're unemployed, you yep. didn't have cash, you ran through your cash and you had to. Yep. Or it could just be you're, you know, you're, you're working, but you're just spending more money than... Um, then you have available to you, so you don't have the money to pay off the credit card balance. So, so carrying a balance on a credit card means you haven't lived within your means. And again, I think a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't make that connection. Um, you're, you're spending more than you can than you than you make. Only the U.S. government can yeah. do that. Okay, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, so that that is a pro the problem. Okay, yeah. uh, and and you know my. My golden rule is, uh, and I get to make up because it's mine, if you can't pay off your charge card balance to zero in three months, I'll give you a little leeway, okay, uh, th then you couldn't have afforded to buy whatever you bought, and that's a problem. Yeah. Okay, so let's do a little math here. So if the average across the country is $5,315 for a household, mm -hmm. okay, uh, I'm going to make up a number, and you can Google and correct me in a minute, but I would guess that the average credit card interest rate in this country is about 15%. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, all right. so, so all yeah. I'm going to do is 5315. If you, if you just pay the interest in $10 against a charge card, okay, so basically 15%, of that is $797 in interest. Mm -hmm. So so if they send you the bill uh, this next month, and by the way, they'll send you a bill for about 150 bucks or something like that, won't they? It's it's scary yeah. what yeah. they make you pay. But, but by the way, so that's $797. If you paid the minimum against that for a year, and again, this is not perfect, but give you an idea. Well, if you multiply 797 times 12, that's $9,000. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. That's for the year. I, I for, apologize. Okay. Yeah, it's $1,000 for the year on your $5,000 credit card. Yeah. Okay, that's a 20% cost to think about. Okay, so so it's pretty expensive, but but the problem is you spent more than, than you had, 
okay, because you couldn't pay it back. Uh, and, you know, there there are, in the Northeast, I'm sorry, uh, it's got to, if you, you know, what credit card balance in the Northeast, may, I'll bet you it's higher than 5315 if they have that. But the, the, the point is the same, okay? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a, you know, it's a discipline thing, okay? Um, I, when I grew up, I, and there's a, a bunch of folks listening to this who have the same mother, okay, she had envelopes. My, my dad, we, we, she went down to, <laughs> Rattenberries in Hull and cash my dad's paycheck. Came back <laughs> I don't think a, I heard that story. Okay, oh yeah, came back with a. I, I can remember this like every week forever. Came back with my dad's paycheck in cash, and there are about fifteen different envelopes and stuff in the drawer in the kitchen, and so many dollars went into every envelope that was for this, that, or the other thing. And you know what? They they you know they only spent what they had because they didn't have charge cards. Yeah. <laughs> so back back then, sort right. of a thing. Right. Okay. But, you know, charge cards make it easy to do things, and I, I won't get into the 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 problems you can have. Uh, other than the the point is, you're not living within your means. Okay, and that should be a scary thought, uh, because if I was to give one piece of advice to everybody and anybody listening to us, is if you can live within your means for all of your life. <clears throat> And at the same time, save some money for a retirement. By the way, that's called an expense if you live within your means to plan for the future. Okay, uh, those are the folks we meet, and we can help them a little bit, but they already did most of the work in terms of where that is. So, you know, the, the golden rule, by the way, in I think next week, Justin and I are going to do a show on what I call the golden rule. It's called live within your means. Mm. We'll get into this in a lot more detail. But, yeah. but the charge card balance is an indication that you're not doing that yeah and it's so hard to start to work it down and have a plan too right i mean yeah one more subject on this okay oh no i've got more too oh yeah okay so i've we've seen people okay who have refinanced their home to pay off their i'll make it up ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar credit card bill yeah okay but if they didn't fix their spending it's going to happen again. Yeah. Okay, so, so it does no and then good. You, and then you bought some yeah. furniture and yeah. you took 30 years yeah, to pay yeah, it off. 30 years yeah, to pay yeah, it yeah. off at 15% yeah. as opposed to whatever. Yeah. So, to say, so, so a charge card balance is a symptom of you not living within your means. And if you're having trouble doing that while you're working, I got a newsflash for you, folks. It's going to be a lot more difficult if you're ever even going to think about retiring. Your turn. I think the biggest, well, I think one of the problems related on this topic is that it's sort of normal and socially acceptable to care. <laughs> To carry credit card, no, no to kidding. carry credit card debt. Uh, no, uh, not, I, not in my age group, <laughs> maybe in yours. You I, I think it's yeah, sort. It, that, it, I think that's part of the problem. That's interesting. Is that it's just yeah. like it's, it's kind of normal. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the huh. problem. Is yeah. the the okay. mindset of it's okay, yeah. um, and everybody else does it. I think that that's an issue. I think another part of the problem is that, um, you know, small, um, small balances on a credit card here or there, like, oh, I ran up a thousand on this one. I, you know, I'll pay it back later. And then, you know, there's another card in a couple. I think it can just kind of spiral out of control too. And, you know, you put a thousand or a couple thousand here or there, and then all of a sudden it's 15 or $20,000. And then people can kind of dig themselves a hole. That's really hard to get out of. Um, and, and I think that's, that's part of the problem is that if you don't correct the habit very quickly, it can, it can get out of control because as you were just talking about, you know, if you, um, you know, larger balances on credit cards, you know, if you, if you have $20,000 on a credit card and it's 10 or 20% interest, I mean, that's you got two a long, to 4,000. You know, that's a few hundred bucks a month yeah. just in interest. And that's a it, long slug to get that back yeah. to zero for just about everybody. So it's kind of scary about that. Yeah, so yeah. so, so folks, just, just think about that. I, yeah. I can remember, well, it has to be a bunch of years ago now, okay, uh, when, when the uh, fast food restaurants started going over to charge cards as opposed to cash, and the reason they did it is they figured out that people spent more money buying fast food on a charge card than they do if you reach into your wallet and grab a green oh, yeah, a green piece of paper. Oh, I'm sure that's true in every <laughs> single uh, in, in every single yeah. industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think about it. It's like it's that's, not real money. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. Where's the compliance department about the charge card industry, I guess? But anyway, it's just scary because it's so subtle and... You know, hey, it's like a status symbol if I have the black card, right? Or the platinum card or something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? I, yeah. it, I'm, I've made it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scary. Just yeah. really scary. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else on that? Uh, I think I'm done on that. Uh, live within your means, and that's a big symptom. Yeah. And if you have a credit card, pay it off every month. And if you have debt, you know, I think some people just, like, don't want to address the issue either. You know, they don't want to uh, talk about it. Uh, I, that's, that's the some ignore. Debt. I don't want to talk about it. I'm in denial. I'm just going to pay my payments. Yeah, but yeah. So that make, fits make in, a plan. Yeah, it, that, maybe not hate it, but, you know, have to ignore it or deny it versus not know about it. Yep, yeah, there you go. And okay. I think one of the things people don't do is calculate the interest that they're paying, oh, right? I, oh. I'm always like, oh. you know, you, you've got debt like this, especially higher interest rate debt. You just have to tackle it head on. Yeah. And it's not as fun as, well, I want to invest in my, you know, I want to put more in my account because markets are doing so great right uh, now. But yeah. you, if you have a large amount of debt, you've got to tackle it head on because yeah. the interest can just swallow you up. You have to attack the capital. You know, I, I guess my last thought on that is that so I wonder how the credit card can. Okay, so you got a five thousand dollar balance. Yeah. And they send you the bill this month, and X percent of that is paying back your capital, but yeah. it's not, not a very big bill. You wonder how they calculate. Oh, you know, if by the way, yeah. So I don't so, know how they do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Do they do a payoff period? Well, yeah. yeah so or? so if you had five thousand yeah. dollars of, you know, so fifteen percent, call it. Uh, call it one and call it one percent, one percent interest. Okay, so one percent interest on five thousand dollars is fifty bucks. So, did they send you a bill for five hundred? Will you pay four fifty of your capital? And fi- yeah. no, no. <laughs> Wait, I, I no. wonder what yeah. percentage is. I don't know. The, yeah. yeah, and what they're subtly calculating way back, so that people can know. If they sent them the true bill, if they, if a charge card said yeah. we want everybody to pay the bill off in two years, you'd die when you got the the first charge. <laughs> card bill but yeah think about it okay but i, I yeah. think that's so subtle and that's so scary and people need to be aware of that and uh that's why we're doing this yeah okay <laughs> all right calculate the interest do me a favor if you have credit card debt that's rolling like a rolling balance multiply the amount of that debt by the interest rate probably 18 percent yeah did, did, did you google average charge credit no i didn't Listen, I'll, I'm, I'll hum while you do this okay da, 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 da. I, i'm i'm gonna guess it's about 17 percent across the country oh yeah. just a little 17 percent interest here to, to borrow some money for a oh, while three days ago yeah. average credit card interest rate 16.16 Six, i was pretty close yeah. huh? all right so yeah. folks you know, if you went to the bank and they said, like, we'll give you 16% mortgage, how would you feel? Okay, sort of a thing. Probably yeah. not good. Yeah. By the way. So, ninth, t- so take yeah. your credit card balance, yeah. your rolling balance, and multiply it by 0.16. And yeah. that's just the interest. In 1979. And I think the number scares people. Yeah. In 1979, your mom and I had a 17% mortgage. Really? Mm-hmm. And I survived, okay? <laughs> we'll go figure. Wow, that's crazy, huh? Uh, it is. All right. So we, we now we've made it through two of 20, okay? So yeah. take, go to the second I page. Didn't circ- I, I didn't circle a third one, I, so... I, I don't want to hang on. Take, I, go to the second page. Okay. Just, Did you have one that you want to talk about? N- nope. Nope. I thought I'd surprise you and we can go any so direction So financial stuff that things don't want to talk about? Yeah. Um, ooh, you know, I love talking about college, but I do do that well, a lot. So okay. maybe we should think about something that's a little bit but, different. Now remember, the problem. Remember, we're going to talk about the problem. The we're, problem. All right. Um, okay, the, the problem, running out of money. All righty. Okay, so um, where am I on that? Number, number 13. Number 13, thank you. Okay, so... Um, where shall I start? Okay, so oh, obviously, boy. obviously this... How much time do we have? <laughs> obviously, this applies to folks who are retired, uh, probably on fixed incomes, a.k.a. Social Security and maybe a little pension, mm-hmm. uh, and they're drawing some percentage of their necessary income in retirement from their pot of money. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, and, so, and, and so it's pretty pretty normal to say jeesh i'm taking i'm taking this much per year out of my pot and they're looking back sideways over the value of their pot and they're wondering well is it is it getting bigger is it getting smaller or is it staying the same mm-hmm. okay uh and the answer is obviously it depends on your situation but but i will say okay that uh the vast majority of folks listening to us and a good chunk of the folks we work with are 
eating into their capital to live their lives. So they're shrinking their asset base. Whether they run out of money or not is obviously another problem. It's a connected problem, okay? So, um, you know, you you read out there. Well, it's pretty simple, okay? So here's another big way to think about this. And, folks, if you're retired, you know, even if you don't do this now, go add up all the accounts you're taking money out of two numbers the total of all the dollars if you got three different retirement accounts and you're taking money out of all of them add up the three before tax dollars you're taking out of those retirement accounts mm-hmm. add up the values of those three accounts and divide okay mm-hmm. if you if you're taking $10,000 a year and and the th- the total comes to 100 your withdrawal rate is 10% and a pretty good way to figure out quickly, are, are you heading in the right direction or not, okay, is are you taking more than you're making? That's my, prof- <laughs> that's my professional way to I've describe it. I haven't heard that one before. You, huh? Remember that. You, yeah, you, you yeah. can use that. I've heard I, most I, of your, I, what do we call that, a slogan? Platitudes? I, I, yeah, I've heard most of them. That's a, uh, you, that's a new one. I should copyright that. Okay, so my question is, if you, if you think you're going to run out of money, first question, are you taking more than you're making, okay? And it's pretty simple. The mm-hmm. way to do that is to divide the dollars taken by the pot, okay? Yeah. So, okay, well, so please, folks, after we get through the show or go go do it, it's, it's pretty simple to figure out what your withdrawal rate is, which yeah. relates to whether you're going to run out of money or not, okay? So, all right, let's see. If you're, you need to take $10,000 and you have a million dollars in the three accounts... That's a 1% take rate, mm-hmm. okay? So so first you have to figure out what your take rate is, okay? And, and both, everybody can do this. You don't need a certified financial planner to do this math. You might after you do it, <laughs> but, but yeah. go do the math, okay? Yeah. Divide what you're taking before taxes, okay, by the total, okay? And then you have a percentage to gain by. And it, it's pretty simple. If, if your withdrawal rate is 5%, Okay, or whatever it is, then you go look at your pot and say, what's it making? Okay, what's it earning? All right, and a pretty simple guideline is that if you're taking exactly what you make, which is never guaranteed, you're about stable, except for one little problem. It's called inflation. You know, if if you had, um, by the way, let, let's pretend that 5% is not a scary rate to take. All right, so if you, if you need uh, $10,000, and and uh, let's say let me do this for you. So ten percent of five thousand is a hundred grand. No, five. Ten percent of five. No, no, no. Five. five if you're taking five thousand a year. Yeah. Or some ten thousand a year. If you're taking a hundred, that's ten percent. All right, yeah. two hundred. If you have a two hundred thousand dollar pot. Okay. And you're taking ten percent. Yeah. I should know that's, this. That's a five percent withdrawal. You're taking rate. ten thousand from two hundred thousand. Yeah, five percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a five percent withdrawal rate. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you. If you know what your portfolio is earning or has earned or will probably earn, if it's about 5%, you might take a breath. The only problem there, by the way, that's good. Congratulations, it's not bigger. But every two or three years, people have to take a bit more because inflation catches up with this sort of a thing. So, so folks, the, the, the easy way to figure if you're on the way to running out of money, and that's that's a you know that assumes you get to zero before you die which may or may not not happen but you know are you heading that way would be the first question um we work with a bunch of folks who are motivated financially and many of them are taking more than what they're earning because they have to okay or 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 said differently i guess uh you know you you can read in the newspapers the four percent rule if you don't take any more than four percent you're okay well that depends, like anything else. But if yeah. you if you buy if you buy that four percent, well, well, okay. So how many people can live off of four percent of their retirement nesting? I hope a, I hope I, a lot. We, we hope. A, well, I hope. Yeah, you, a good amount. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. But 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 so so that you can find out whether you're heading in that direction pretty easily. Okay. If you're pretty close to on average what you've earned in your portfolio. By the way. Who knows how much they've earned? How, how can they look back and do the calculations? Not not many folks right, can. Yeah. But, but I don't Financial get, statements don't yeah, generally show yeah, that. No, yeah. They, no, they, why would they? That way you wouldn't you wouldn't get nervous. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so if you can calculate your withdrawal rate and you can approximate what you're taking, and by the way, you can look back ten years. You know, ten years ago, how much was all my money? How much have I taken since then? How much is it now? But if you're if you're heading in that direction, you need to take a serious think about how that's going to work. 
okay, yeah, you could run out of money, or but or you could die with a lot less assets than you planned on leaving for your kids, yada, 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 sort of thing. But I, I wanted to get people thinking about that. You know, if you want a simplistic way to figure out whether you're heading in the right direction or wrong direction, that's it. Your, your comments, sir? Um, yeah, I, I've, I guess a lot of comments on that. Um, I think that it's really important to, well, the, the problem, you know, r potentially running out of your assets before you pass, um, I think is, I shouldn't say it's easily mitigated, but, but if, if someone pays, <laughs> what I meant by that is. If you die on time, it's good then, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, right. Um, it's something that should be evaluated ongoing. You were just talking about how to calculate your withdrawal yeah. rate, something that we do constantly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, 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 of course, you know, you and I and with our clients are making sure it's within a range that we feel appropriate for age and for circumstances and for how they're invested and all that. But quite simply, just evaluating that every year ongoing yeah, and, and making sure that, again, as your age increases, maybe the, the rate of withdrawal comfortably could increase as yeah, well. Yeah. But just monitoring that yeah. is like, is yeah. how you, I shouldn't say solve, but, you know, large, um, potentially, you know, solving that problem yeah. if you just pay attention to it. And, yeah. and, and I guess um, the amount of discretionary expenses yep. in someone's life yep. can go a long way to solving this as well. In other words, if you're, you know, we have a downturn in the market and your withdrawal rate is higher than we're comfortable with at your given age, well, if you have some room in your expenses to cut back temporarily, that's very helpful. Not everyone has that, yep. right? Because not, yep. not everyone can cut back if when markets um, go, th go the wrong way temporarily. But um, but just paying attention, I think, goes a long way to, to mitigating yeah. that. Yeah, and I was thinking of a funny thought. So, so uh, for, for the folks of you out there who, who are uh, working with a certified financial planner and have a comprehensive financial plan in place, you probably know the phrase Monte Carlo analysis, okay, which is a, a fairly sophisticated computer program that can give you an idea how long you might run out of money, or I'll just put it this way, can make a pretty good guess is the best way to say that. Well, you know, and, and you get a score, you know, from 0%, which means you're in huge trouble, to 100%, which means you're probably okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, and I, I'm, I was thinking about this the other day. You, you could have uh, a 90% Monte Carlo number. I got a 90% chance of dying on, you know, of dying before <laughs> my money runs out. Well, yeah, we have to, have, we have to know when you die yeah, 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 and, and yeah, how much money yeah, you have, but yeah. I've got a 90% chance of being okay. Well, by the way, that 90% might include your assets shrinking down to X by, you know, that doesn't yeah. mean you're not eating into your assets. Right, right, right. And, and you know. Those I, I, models assume capital depletion. Right. And, and you know, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to make more of a point on that to some yeah. of the folks for whom it's, well, of course, the pe folks who are doing that are already telling them that they shouldn't be doing that anyway. But yeah, if yeah. you get a great retirement score, by the way, your nest sector is probably going to shrink because not a lot of people can live on three or four or five percent a year, okay, forever, uh, forever yeah. out of their nest egg. That's all. Okay. Yeah. And, and it seems to me that most people are okay with, with their capital shrinking uh, later it, in life. It's, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. It, 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 At least in theory. Well, you, the closer... Yeah, the, the the older you get, the, the, the more important it becomes uh, yeah. to live. Nobody wants to change their lifestyle. I mean, right. uh, so yeah, yeah. So, so folks, if, if you're cons so let's see, people are thinking they're worried about folks in retirement. That's a worry. Uh, they're, they're worried about. They probably hate to talk about it if they're doing. Okay, I have trouble. Yeah. I can think of three, three or four clients. Uh, who would prefer that I, I uh, mail off their reviews every year and not talk to them because they know what I'm going to do. Because they know tell. their capital yeah, shrinking yeah. too I quickly. I feel like oh. uh, somebody's mother. But but but, but basically, yeah. sure, it's an issue. And the easy way to figure it out quickly, there's a hard way if you're in trouble, but that's okay. You need to do that as well. Yeah. So, anything yeah. else on that? I'm not no, in a hurry. I, yeah. No, it, I guess I could. Yeah. yeah. We, we could go on for about two more I hours, know. I right? guess maybe just yeah. one, one other <laughs> Um, one other just thing to bring up on that is is your investment strategy because yeah. it's super important and yeah. closely related to this topic. You know, we're we're talking about you know keeping withdrawal. So generally for retirees, you know, withdrawal rates, you know, three, four, five, six percent, something in that range, yeah. right? Depending on yeah. your age, and you know, the younger you are, the lower your rate of withdrawal should be. The older you are, it's okay to have a, a height. Generally, okay to have a higher rate of withdrawal, but it it 
totally depends on how you're invested, right? Yeah, if someone's yeah. 65 yeah. and we're saying, you know, a 4% withdrawal rate is comfortable, but but it's a different answer if they're all in cash in the bank, which yeah. our clients aren't yeah, because yeah. they wouldn't be our clients. Yeah, oh, wait but a minute, that 4%, what, what, was the, what was the strategy? For right, 4%, right, right. Yeah. If it's 4% out yeah. of cash in the bank that's earning nothing, yeah. well, maybe that's too right. uncomfortable. Right, right. That's, that's yeah. probably too uncomfortable at age 65 yeah. versus someone who's invested <laughs> and their portfolio can at least earn that much on average, right? So yeah. huge, important uh, part of that discussion is your investment strategy well and connect and connect to that is your comfort level for risk right so so everybody's comfortable with risk uh, right now uh, i have never in 40 years in this business i've never met met somebody who wasn't a conservative investor on the first date in terms of when we started talking with them sort of a thing but anyway so if you know, and by the way, things are changing. But if somebody said, "I want to," I was going to say that's not the case for yeah. people yeah. I, I meet now. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if somebody told us, we wouldn't listen, and we'd say, "Have a good day." But if somebody said, "I, I, I want to invest all my portfolio in 100% bonds," or, or uh, by the way, they, they you know, we we don't they're not clients if they're nobody us says that right now. I, I, to, I understand. Me, to us anyway. Yeah, or they yeah, were, yeah. or, or they've yeah. said, I, you know, I'd be comfortable lowering my risk and buying some more bonds in my portfolio. Well, okay, so right now. Okay, well, here's here's a thought. Okay, if if you went out and put all your money in 30-year United States Treasury bonds right now, hang on a second. Oh, I just heard the 10-year, Tino, it was 1.3. Yeah, I, I think but it's, well, hang on a second. The, what's the 30? Well, wait a minute, okay. I 2%? Think, I think it's, it's under 2, I think. Hang on. Yeah, let me just go to Yahoo Finance real quickly here. But while you're, while you're doing yeah. that, you know, I... You were just saying that a lot of the people that you've met over the years start out being a conservative investor. Yeah. I think at least right now, yeah. a lot of the people that I'm meeting are starting out being aggressive investors yeah. because yeah. for the last 10, 12, 12 years, really, yeah. investors haven't had much to worry about yeah. other than about five well, weeks last year. There, there are lots of little worries all the time. Yeah, but yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. generally speaking, people yeah. that have been invested aggressively in the last... 12 years yep. really yep. have had a great experience yep. last year was a little scary yep. but we recovered quickly and so everyone has like a high tolerance for risk right now a lot of people i should say have a high tolerance yep. for risk right now but that changes over time yeah so let me disabuse a few folks out there listening if you want guaranteed safe investments the 30-year united states treasury bond as we speak is 1.92 percent per year so by the way so here's here's the philosophy folks if you could live on 2% a year from your nest egg, I guess you could put all your money. We're not recommending this. Uh, I guess you could put all your money in 30-year government bonds and live on 2% per year. Uh, okay, how, wow. okay how, you know, how big does your nest egg have to be for you to live on 2% a year? Okay, is your withdrawal rate going to be bigger than 2% a year? Well, if it's 6, it's going pretty fast, folks. Yeah. Sort of a thing. And so, with inflation this year, at yeah, 4 to 5%? Never mind even inflation. Yeah, so so my, yeah. you, you may have to adjust your risk uh, to, to get more comfortable with what you need. You know, what you, what you want for risk and what you need for return might not might not be on the same page given the circumstances. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're worried about it, do the math, folks. That's the end of the story. Add up all the dollars you're taking and before taxes, if it's from the IRAs, add up all the, the, the accounts, divide, that's your withdrawal rate. If it's over 5%, you need to start thinking about something. Unless you're about 75 or 80, in which case, if it's over 5%. Yeah, if, if you're 97 and you're okay. taking 10%, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess we have to take a break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I'm joined by my father and business partner, Mike McNamara, this morning. Thanks for doing all the legwork on the outline. Hey, it was fun, actually. Fun stuff. Don't turn the dial. We're talking about financial stuff that everyone wants to ignore, but we're going to talk about. Um, 781-837-4900 is the call-in number if anyone has questions or comments for us this morning. We're just taking a quick break. We'll be right back.